Let's go. Binge Town, how are we feeling today? It's your boy Dave here with Beth Harmon, Johnny Dogs, and Jim. We are happy to bring <laughs> back some more Peaky Blinders content with episode two, Black Shirt. Let's go. Uh, just another phenomenal episode from Peaky Blinders. I think it's still setting up a lot of the plot points that are going to get drilled home in the, the second half of the season. But from what we got, uh, Johnny Dogs made his return. So Kyle was absolutely hype about that. It was mm-hmm. a great Johnny Dogs episode. Yeah. <laughs> we got a lot of uh, characters that, a lot of returning characters that we hadn't seen for you know a couple episodes. And we were foreshadowing to see, but it was like people like Alfie, uh, Oswald Mosley. It was just great seeing those guys back into the mix. Why yeah. And it? guess who we didn't see? Finn. Finn again. I don't know what the deal is with that. Mm, Black hat. Some sketchy things going on in the background. Who fuck knows? But it's I so got weird. my biggest wish answered because at the end of last podcast, I said I really wanted to lay the land of what the hell was going on politically, both for mosley tommy the communists like all of it i wanted all that and that's pretty much Mm -hmm. exactly what the back half of this episode was so we we pretty much found out like the state of all of our main characters and political parties and that was really good to see because now we know you know the 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 power dynamics between people like churchill our president jack nelson like we have all of these power dynamics better in scope of like where things stand now yeah i was wrong about a lot of things that's the beauty of not giving a fuck. Um, Oswald <laughs> mostly was in the episode and everything else I said was pretty much wrong. I'm shocked that I guess Jack and the IRA contact Laura like will come in contact. That's part of Tommy's plan. Mm-hmm. But I was a little shocked that they had, had like no contact ever and like they weren't involved in anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was shocked by how young uncle jack yeah. was to be honest like when i saw him on screen i was expecting him to be like 40 at least probably in that range so whoa 60 know. okay well that guy didn't look 40 yeah. to you he looked 40 yeah i was thinking white uncle hair jack no way uncle like, jack I, didn't I, look 40 to you no. no he looked young he, he looked, looked like literally in his like 20s. his late 20s yeah <laughs> what yeah. yeah he literally looked All like right. a young kid and i was like how is this guy older than anya taylor joy or like portrayed to be older than this this girl He's got to carry a lot of weight because we know how these shows, this shows villains, actors Mm -hmm. usually are like they need to be scene stealers. I think it was a good intro Mm -hmm. and we had Mm -hmm. a lot of build up and hype in episode one before we even saw Uncle Jack. So it was good to, you know, put a face to him. He's got the Boston accent. I'm just thinking about his niece, like being connected with him. And he's talking about all of like basically how powerful he is. And we get a little backstory into his killings and shit. So it was a good insight to him. Um, I said it in the last podcast that was one of the only things i had spoiled for me i already knew like who his actor was so i kind of had that image in my head but who yeah, is I, he I guess is he, he anybody that we know i don't i don't recognize i don't him. think so oh okay so when you said you were spoiled by the actor i was expecting like him to show up and must be like oh shit we know him no i just meant i saw just, a picture of him oh okay okay yeah, yeah. what if it was like fucking utrid yeah, oh my right. God. Imagine <laughs> I think I look so world, familiar when worlds collide. <laughs> I will say the one negative so far this season, two episodes in, they got to stop using like the telephone ringing like 10 times as like a building suspense or whatever. I, I hate it. It's like nails on a chalkboard to me every time. <laughs> uh, do you guys want to just start going right through the episode now? Yeah, let's do it. All right. This first part that we can talk about, a bunch of things happen really quick. Um, I want to lump everything up to before Alfie gets introduced. So we basically just have 
Tommy arriving back in England and going back to the mansion, seeing Ruby, he has the seizure. Um, and then we're going to lump all of these conversations into the next day where he goes to the labor party meeting and then, and then Laura ends up showing up and then we could just talk about all those things. I know that's a, it's a lot to cover, but I wanted to yeah, well. lump it all together before we get our grand reveal of Alfie Solomon. The only thing I really had to say about anything that's not like them, like Tommy at the, the rally and then speaking to Laura is that does Tommy just not like his son? Yeah, it is it's just that, like that. Ruby is sick, so he feels more affectionate because she's sick. Like, I, I, I didn't get that at all. I don't like I think, I, I think, think Tommy's, I think Tommy's more along the lines of like back then, it's like you're the you're the guy and the girl needs more attention and she's sick, you know, like man up, you're sure. the you're the boy, you're girl, you're gonna be the man of the family kind of thing. Um, but yeah, what did he say? The, the boy says something right away. Can I come? Yeah, and I was like, you little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> but she's healed. He, he's like, oh, no, he, he said, did you bring us presents? Isn't that what he oh, said? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Come on, I man. I can't you believe greedy. That, that she healed like that. I don't know what the trip to from at this time from Canada, the French territory to England Dude, actually is. Days, weeks. It has to be long. Yeah. yeah. So I guess that was enough time for her to heal up temporarily. But it's was crazy. It's crazy that they decided to heal her, but then get her sick again. I didn't. There's definitely something to it. I think it's just to emphasize like the mysticism of like gypsy lifestyle and the curses and everything. Like, cause mm-hmm. when she said she's healed, I was like, bullshit. Like I'm literally sitting here waiting for the next bad thing to happen. I didn't expect it to be the same sickness again, mm-hmm. but it definitely has something to do with just emphasizing the fact that it's just like gypsy lifestyle definitely. and the curses. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 I will say though, I did really enjoy uh, Laura. Fi- Laura finally meeting Tommy Shelby because on the phone it was like she felt really intimidating, like she could put yeah. him in his place. And then when she's face to face with him, she kind of cowers away a little bit at his presence. And even at the end, when they're walking away, she's like uncomfortable that she's going somewhere alone with them. So interesting that 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 was a thing to me at least. But I didn't expect it. Yeah, yeah. I I'm so confused by the IRA's general role besides, I mean, Tommy mentions that it's going to be a way for, I guess what Jack and potentially FDR to like put a pin in Ireland. But I just don't get where like they're coming from. Cause I agree, Dave, I, I literally, it literally felt like Tommy was working for them until this scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we get the entire, ending and then beginning well we get the ending of last season starting with this season we find out that they're the ones who thwarted his plan and then she's basically like you know you're 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 in over your you're in over your head you can't do you know you can't do all this your ambitions are too high we're taking over you're gonna be our bitch basically and then he has been for four years pretty much but it is very surprising like you said that she's not acting like the boss when she talks to him yeah i mean we did get some more clarity into how tommy is perceived um politically so i guess that plays into it because he is just the head socialist right that's what he is um and he is seen as someone that used to be hand in hand with mosley and the fascists but he's still holding his own party i guess in the house of commons so he is a separate entity but like behind the scenes 
and through the cooperation of the IRA, like they're all working together, but at the same time, Tommy's working to undermine everybody. And I'm sure the yeah, finale yeah. is going to be about fucking them all over. So it's it just, it's interesting to see how much they're leaning into the political part of this. Cause I'm about it. It feels like it felt like it got introduced last season and it felt fresh to me compared to the yeah. first four seasons of just gangsters getting bigger and bigger. So mm-hmm. I like this, this part, but I just don't really know like how that makes sense and how that, like how can socialists and like fascists work together. And then four years, four years ago. And now they're, I was still, just, it's just like so weird to me. I was literally just going to say that it's almost like you're just doing a circle. Like you're, he was a socialist. Then he joins with Oswald to help undermine him. Mm-hmm. And he wants to undermine him and he wants to finish it all up and, you know, kill him pretty much. And will definitely kill him and then take over the party and do what he needs to do with it. So at that point, he's on stage with Oswald when everything's going down and they say themselves or he says himself that Oswald wasn't privy to this. Like he wasn't made privy to the fact that Tommy was part of like trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was still in with Oswald. The IRA kept him in with Oswald, but then I guess within the four years, he kind of phased back into socialism and now he's going to phase back into fascism again. It's just a little like wishy-washy to the people. Yeah, but they even ask, I mean, later on, they like the reporter asks him about it. Yeah. Gives him that lie. Tommy just like is politics because it's a way to make money. Tommy isn't in politics, I feel like, because it's like he's actually genuinely I mean, I guess maybe part of it might be that he is a socialist and that he wants to create change. I mean, he is building hospitals and he wants mm. to do the housing stuff. But I really feel like it's just that he it's a, the best way for him to make money and get power. He mm. even talks about like when he talks about the circle, which is essentially horseshoe theory that the extreme left and the extreme right is the same thing. Mm. I mean, he's a poet. He's a scholar. That wasn't like an actual like political theory until like 2002. So yeah, I like Tommy's, it. Uh, yeah Tommy's ahead of the game. He's very observant. Yeah, yeah. He's very observant. Very ahead of the game. I mean, that conversation was it was interesting to pick apart besides the fact that Laura McKee was a little surprising and how unintimidating yeah. she was. Like, I do like how upfront Tommy's hatred towards her was, but he reemphasizes with Arthur right before that scene that business for the Shelby company and the Peaky Blinders is more important than than vendettas and revenge right now. So that's right. cool to get that reemphasis because Tommy, ever since he's cleaned up his drinking, it does seem that he's way more level headed. Um, and we're going to see if that breaks because I thought he was going to drink by this episode, but he didn't. Yeah. I also, I also think that conversation that Tommy has later with Ada is very important for political reasons in the sense that we get reminded that Polly was also very uh, socialist. And I think for him <laughs> that it, it's it's a good reminder for the audience to be clear on what side that he still stands for because of all these politics that he's engaging into and the, being forced into working with people that he views as like enemies and things like that. And with Polly's death, death, I think that still that thought of like what she stood for and everything still looms over him. So that will definitely, I think, have like an impact on what he's doing politically later on. Yeah, he's certainly not a fascist. Whatever he, right. even though he is like in his own way a capitalist and he wants he's literally a fucking international drug dealer but yeah. he's he's definitely not a fascist whatever yeah like no matter what happens that would be that wouldn't even really make sense if he actually starts to believe in like mosley's ideology and shit yeah. yeah so let's talk about his seizure 
you know, Lizzie's in bed. She hears the glass break. She freaks out, grabs the gun, runs into the bathroom and Tommy's seizing on the floor, butt ass naked. You know, I mean, I guess he was rolling around on the glass that he broke. So he got all cut up. Is this are we going to assume that he's sick, too? Now, is this going to be a plot point or is it just one of those things that we're going to get underlying where he has a seizures here and there? And Tommy says to her that it's happened before, but he only he implies that it was only the second time, I think. Right. So if it's only the second time and now a third time, though, and now a third time. OK, so it's going to I don't know, like it. this could be what takes him out. And that and it won't be some of his enemies like Uncle Jack in the movie or something like that. Like, it won't be that. And it could be this. It could be a mixture of PTSD and just like the collapse of all this pressure of being the mob boss for all these years. It wouldn't surprise me because I almost think I would prefer something like that than him getting caught Walter White style. Um, yeah, I don't know. I yeah, like I it's mean, definitely just stress. I mean, he's just doing this incredibly dangerous international drug deal with incredibly powerful and violent people. No sleep. Not sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) Like, I feel like all of that combined is just a recipe for disaster. He needs a therapist. Like, take a book out of Tony Soprano's page, you know? I think he just... I I can't... For me, too, I, I can't tell if it is just the PTSD of the war, which they are definitely emphasizing, but... It's not a coincidence in my mind that these seizures started happening at the same time that his daughter got sick to me. Like, I know he's always had them, but he hadn't taught like he like he mentioned it to Lizzie saying like, oh, I haven't had one. No, you just I, said I only had one once on the boat. Exactly. Yeah. In those but, four years. And so I to me, I take it as it has something to do with the daughter personally. It's it's tough because at what line are we going to accept the gypsy thing you know whether you know it's kind of like the last kingdom we're not talking any kind of supernatural shit here for peaky blinders so we have ruby in sickness part two where she's getting sick with the fever and she's saying the gray man's coming after me and tommy and at the same time tommy's seizing and the gray man's coming after him the guy with the mud all over his face you know how much are we going to accept a coincidence here or, you know, allow a coincidence versus, you know, curses slash, you know, gypsy uh, foretelling slash whatever. Um, that's, that's the, that's the, the thing we have to think about. I'm down for a season six turn into fantasy. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, right. You just go that full on magic. <laughs> I mean, or, I um, like it because Johnny Dog. I mean, we've seen it. Johnny Dog is just becoming a bigger character. So he that would become a like, king or something. Yeah, dude, that would be a huge <laughs> development for us. Johnny dogs. All, Let me all just dozens say, of us. Johnny dog stands out there. Let me just say that our Game of Thrones House of the Dragon account posted a picture of Tommy Shelby on the Iron Throne. <laughs> <laughs> that would be like crazy. That. that would be ridiculous. Johnny Dog's on the Iron Throne. Nah, oh, dude. Johnny Dog's hand to the king. Yeah, he. Oh my god, Johnny Dog's yeah. would one hundred percent be hand to the king. Yeah, he's not even a question. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like the ambiguity of them, like kind of like with Last Kingdom, like not knowing if because everything they've said about like the gypsy curses, like they came true. I mean, like sure, the sapphire, like it could have been a coincidence that you know uh, who was it? Grace got shot or killed in that moment, but it also could be the curse. So it's, there's enough ambiguity from seasons one to five to make me feel like if, okay, if they do go that route, I'm not upset with it. You know, I don't think it'll ever be like in your face, but yeah, it would never yeah be no, it, it can't be in your face. I doubt they'll go that route, but it is fine. Yeah. Like I'm okay with it too, with the ambiguity of it, as long as it's subtle. 
Yeah. All right. So let's do one more scene before we get to Alfie. And this is like the last part of this early part of the episode. And this is all the Tommy and Ada stuff because they're squadding up to go get Arthur or they're talking (laughs) about Arthur, who's just full on opium addicted. This is going to clearly be his whole plot point for the this is going to be his identity for the season, I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, But Ada also goes on. This is right after the conversation with Laura. So Ada got to listen to the whole thing and she mm-hmm. starts ripping into him about that, um, which she's like, fuck. Yeah, opium. I was. Dude, because, now all I do is think about you when she said it. It's man. so good. She said it like five times. She just fuck opium and presidents. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> and I just were like Ada has nearly always been right from season one. Basically, if you listen to her, she's morally and ethically like kind of the right side of things so yeah just listen to her because she says that she's out that was the main point takeaway right. she's like i can't do this i have to think about my kids she was mm-hmm. like i'm like i can't be poly and i'm like well you're honestly doing a great job of being yeah poly, so right yeah. you can you can definitely do it Ada. like i want her to get out of it too like i think she of all of the shelby boys is the and well i guess the shelby family is the most deserving of having a peaceful life and just wanting to do her own thing. So I'm definitely rooting for Ada, but yeah, it's, I, I love seeing her embrace this role though. And she's just like, I like, I don't want to be just the ter- caretaker of Arthur anymore. You know, like get I her out, man, so get her out of the game. She needs to be safe. Although yeah, I did save her still. Yeah, I'm just glad that she said that, like she mentioned Polly and just like trying to be Polly because I had said that last episode that she was yeah. acting very Polly esque. So so the scene that we have with Tommy when Ada's listening in and he's talking to pretty much he's talking to the IRA, you know, and this is where, Kyle, you said you're not 100 percent sure on what the plan really is with them being involved. Right. I just don't understand like their like what is their like what's their ideology? What is their like role? Like wh- how do they feel about everyone? Else? They feel almost very opportunistic too, from like a bit similar to Tommy, like they're just trying to use people for their own means, but yeah. they just seem like the ultimate wild card that kind of has ties to everyone. But was I think they we'll were, figure it out. I think they wanted to back Mosley and the fascism to cause chaos in England so that Ireland can secede. Yeah, that makes sense. And, and then I think that that's the totally whole, they just it. want yeah. chaos. Like that's so they now the deal is that <clears throat> now the deal is that they want to be a part of the opium trade with Jack and Tommy impressed the shit out of them by having three letters that he intercepted or he took or, or whatever secured from Jack with the president. That was the big one. Mm-hmm. And then the two others about fascism and, and the Jewish people, him talking negatively about them. You know, she was super impressed when she heard him or saw these letters. And she's literally this is where we were surprised because she was actually just like, oh, my God, I wasn't expecting this, expecting this meeting to go this way. I'm mm-hmm. in. And right now, the deal is that he's going to inter- introduce introduce them, right? Yep. Okay, so they're going to have their introduction, and he's hoping that that is going to be a way to get them back into the opium trade with Jack. That's my okay. understanding. Yeah. yeah, okay. That's my understanding as well. Mm-hmm. Are we good? Moving yeah. on to the to the fucking homie. We all knew there was zero chance that he was dead after they said the word Solomon last episode. Yeah, we have to get our boy Tom Hardy, Alfie Solomon's on the screen. And Tommy goes right after like down talking the whole idea of even working with the Jews saying like, oh, like 
you know, that's the enemy in Boston, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. He goes right and flips to the other side. And now he goes to meet with Alfie, who's now turned into over these last four years, basically a recluse who just loves opera and music and doesn't go out. And he's and you you can infer a lot from this conversation that basically he doesn't have a he doesn't have a grip on his turf anymore. And Tommy wants to take this opportunity to play both sides in case uncle Jack decides to fuck him over. He can use the actual threat that he gave to Michael and Gina gray about selling to the Jews in Boston and starting a turf war in America. So that's this final confrontation. And it seems like we're seeing the, the, the plan B, or maybe this is plan a, I don't really, I mean, he's essentially sandbagging Alfie as his main plan, I would say, because I think his main plan would be Jack. Yes, me too. And he's basically telling Alfie that he's not going with Jack. He's going with Alfie. And I know that him and Alfie, you know, they're homies and they just backstab each other left and right. And they're still <laughs> friends. And they're like, yeah, I get it, bro. I get it. I'll shoot you in the face and we'll be hugging the next day. But <laughs> but it is like it was pretty obvious that when he talks to Jack, when Tommy talks to Jack later, it's just straight up bullshit that he's talking to Alfie or I mean you could say bullshit that he's talking to Jack we don't really know yet but one or the other I just think it's a contingency plan but at the same time you still promised Alfie the opium yeah so now and if if you're not if you don't give it to him you just screwed him over Mm -hmm. but then you can also make the case that like Alfie's at the point he's so such a recluse that okay he gets fucked over back to just being dead I guess and just doing nothing Right. I mean, he wants his final act and essentially the final act would be revenge on Jack, kind of, because we know it's Jack's territory that's taking out Alfie's uncle. So and, I, makes, and, you know, what were you going to say? No, now I'm just kind of piecing it together. That makes sense then. So even if Alfie, even if he's like, OK, I'm going to sell to Jack, that still gives Alfie enough reason to be like, OK, I like I didn't get. I got fucked over here, but now I can use Tommy Shelby as an end to get revenge on the uncle and like my family who's just been getting killed by Jack's goons in Boston. You know, that's I mean, like maybe I'm just overthinking that, but I guess that's well, I think if Tommy fucks him over, Alfie's not going to do that. I I don't know. It's just so so funny, man. Like literally Alfie, as long as it's not something like they have like their handshake. Yeah, I'll give you the opium. And and really, you're just going to give me your housing or I'm going to build housing over your warehouses. So it's not, I was dying at the line where he's like, we're friends. He's like, you can give me credit. And he's like, no, no, I'm not going to give you credit. (laughs) He's like, ah, yeah, he's like, ah, shit. I mean, he's going to be funny as shit forever, but I guess it's not like something where I'm backstabbing you to die. Like, it's not like, you know, I mean, Alfie's done that to Tommy. Yeah. You know, Alfie almost killed Arthur. Like there's a million things Alfie's, Alfie's done. Tommy's done stuff to Arthur, but I guess, if you just back out of a deal and sandbag him on a deal, he could still be like, all right, I get it. I mean, how many times have they said to each other, I get it. And then like you said, Dave, maybe it would just be that Tommy eventually is going to try to overthrow Jack, which is ridiculous. The limitations, no limitations. And, you know, Alfie can be a part of it and get his revenge that way. I, yeah, I didn't have any more other comments for the scene. As much as I love Alfie, it didn't feel like there was that much revealed here. I don't know. No, it, I thought it was badass the whole conversation. I mean, sure. literally, they tell Tommy as he's walking in, no cigs. As soon as he walks, sits down, he's he's smoking yeah. a cig. <laughs> and Alfie's saying, put it out. I can't see clearly with the smoke. And Tommy's pretty much like, bro, your uncle's dead. Your turf's falling apart. You mm-hmm. can't even t- stop me from smoking a cig. I'm not scared of you from doing it. Uh, scared of you to do anything to me when you used to be able to make like look at somebody and it w- they would be scared they're going to die. 
Yeah. You know, he's trying to bring him back to life. I want it. I legitimately think that when I think back on like all of Peaky Blinders, the interactions that Tommy and Alfie like have together when they're in this friendship mode, when they're just like meeting as businessmen and like kind of friends, I think this honestly might be some of the best interactions. I the love professional this acting yeah, ever. From, yeah, right. From these yeah. two. I just I love these two. Give me more of these guys in a closed room talking. Yeah. You know, even when they're not plans. friends, dude, every every conversation yeah. they have when they first meet and Alfie's trying to big dog them. That's phenomenal, too. I mean, they're it's just great. Their their interactions. I mean, Tommy's very direct and sure. And Alfie's a fucking peacock. So it's yeah, just man. funny to see. You gotta let them fly. Dude. Just <laughs> clash up against each other. I guess yeah. it's just the effect of having Killian Murphy and Tom Hardy be in the same room. You know? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. All right. Let's move on to a quick scene here. This is pretty isolated. We have our protagonist, Gina Gray, visiting Mikey Stash in prison. <laughs> protagonist. And. <laughs> It's just I loved this conversation, man. I was all in. I set my alarm Dude, right away. Was- <laughs> you are blinded by this chick. It was the worst scene in the episode. It makes Yo, no. I don't off, understand bro. her at all. I, I literally, I, she might be. I think I don't like her more than I don't like Michael. So did you set your alarm for midnight for tonight, Luke? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah, good. Like, what? Don't worry about me. I'm good. <laughs> there has to be some interesting direction they're going with her because for right now i don't get it she's Listen, so it, smart that's pretty proven yeah and she's like a business competent and she has good connections she's competent as fuck like i don't know i agree it is with funny. all you're saying but i'm on kyle's team where i think i might hate her the yeah. most on the show so far it so, is funny how spoiled kathleen, and naive yeah kathleen loves anya taylor joy and she had to binge peaky blinders and when she binged it, she knew Anya Taylor-Joy was coming. And when, when we got all the way through, she finished season five and was like, damn, I was expecting more from her since she's such a big name. Yeah. And she's I'm still expecting more. This more. Season. I mean, she's more, but I still don't. I'm not getting what I would expect to get from Anya Taylor-Joy. Not acting wise. Nothing like that. Just like. I don't know. I, you know, it almost feels like she's fucking with Michael. I, a part That's of me thinks I, it's dude. She literally like, opens the door, closes it, yeah. on, takes the key out, and throws it on the table, and, and drags it across the table, and is like, "Yo, I'm about to go to London." He thinks he's walking towards an open door to his girl. I mean, she's definitely messing with him. Chris yeah, I, totally I, playing him like a fiddle man. She's definitely. <laughs> and I, I prefer. I would hope that that is what is actually happening because if so, it's not, and she's just weird and is is still in love with Michael, then I hate her. <laughs> well let's play this out let's play this out if she what angle can she be using to play michael and like how could that even mean anything to her because if she betrays michael that's good for tommy i honestly yeah, I mean, it was think bad, been, been bad for the company though in general just like general discord between tommy and michael is just bad like having that wedge between them just is something else that tommy needs to worry about well i think there already is the wedge i'm saying if 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 anya fucks over mike Mikey then like stash. Mikey stash, then that that puts Michael against Uncle Uncle Nel- uh, Jack Nelson. Like, Uncle, I, yeah. I don't see how he Willie doesn't Nelson. fall back to the blinders if if Gina Gray actually fucks him over. I, yeah, I just think she's Tommy weird and it's just them. eccentric. And I don't really care because like you're saying, I'm blinded and I'm happily. Agree. Yeah, honestly, what I think is that I think she is going back to what we said in episode one thinking it's a game when it's not a game. And I do think she's playing with Michael because she wants to prove that she's actually the alpha. Like she's the apex predator of this relationship. She's not going to be told what to do by Michael. 
It was pretty much symbolism that he walks towards the door. She closes on and pulls away the key. I mean, she's just trying to show that she's the boss. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too. Like, if anything ever happens to Jack, it sounds like she would probably be, at least in my mind, next in line since she's the favorite. No way. There's got to be other people, but. That's crazy. There's there's 100% a difference. That would be like Tony giving the fucking whole squad to Meadow. Meadow. (laughs) Because, like, that's his favorite, like, his favorite child. That doesn't know. I refuse to believe that. But I will say, Although, she honestly, did play up that sexiness very well because I would, I think that would be interesting <laughs> if 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 Jack dies and she actually becomes like the head of the family and is like running the deals. I would be okay with that. I just don't think that's what's happening for me, though. It's like now that we know that she's been this well connected, even in season five when we didn't actually know this, and she obviously knew who Michael was and like the connections that he had. I just feel like there's, there's, there's. I think that there's something more there than just she fell in love with Michael. So, yeah, meeting him in America back in season five or whatever it was in between four and five is part of a plan, maybe, is what you're saying. Yeah, I think there's a certain level of calculation beyond just Michael's rich and has a ton of coke for her to do. Yeah. I mean, she could could buy her own coke, probably. Yeah. Now that we know. Yeah. So we good there? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm done talking shit, dude. We need to see, we need to see a scene where she plays chess against Michael or something. Dude, just, I'll <laughs> lose my shit. We're making they, a separate. They, how hilarious would it be though if they did that as like an Easter egg? I mean, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Carl plays chess with with younger last yeah. season. True. All right, so before we get introduced to Anya's uncle Jack Nelson, let's do everything before that because we're back in the House of Commons. Mm-hmm. Is it House of the Commons or House of Commons? I don't know. So many names for it. I want to say just House of Commons. House of Commons. Okay. So shit's chaotic here, right? It's Mm -hmm. all decked out in fascism gear. And Mosley is like the big dog here, right? Like he is now way further along in his agenda than we were at four years ago. And you could just tell like there's signs everywhere and like even out in the front doors and like everyone outside is protesting against the fascism. And now we have Tommy rolling up. I think that what is this whole thing? Do we even do we even know what this is? Is it just like a it just look like a talk, like a political like a, yeah, gathering, rally. Yeah, like, like a mm-hmm. rally, yeah, some sort, yeah, a and gala then, maybe a gala. So here we get introduced to Mosley's new mistress, who's going to be his his number one girl, Diana Mitford is her name, yeah, and then we have UNT, <laughs> and then let's also talk through the private conversation that happens after. Mosley and Deanna meet up with Lizzie and Tommy and they go into that that room all of this before meeting Jack Nelson. So anything else you guys want yeah. to bring up? Because this is big giant dogs. Is that, big scene. Yeah. Giant dogs in a tux looking like a fucking oh. fox. And then Arthur comes in drunk as a skunk. And Johnny's got to give up the look because Arthur's drunk. I was so pissed for him. Dude, I I thought Arthur Shelby was like honestly Mike, my favorite shelby for the first like four seasons so it's hard for me to wrap my besides tommy or just in general besides tommy like i liked him over um john John and Finn, all them like i really thought Mm -hmm. he was my second favorite shelby and it's so hard for me to just wrap my mind around the fact that he's just he's washed up now like i it's it sucks to say he's always been I agree. I've never been as high on Arthur he's as everybody been. else. Like, this is exactly how he's always been. I mm. guess, but like, I think maybe more I'm thinking of than like season one, two, when he's just like the muscle yeah. and just a brute and like, sure, he's like, yeah, I mean, he's been the mad dog for control. a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, I would agree that under control. The opium is definitely a much harder drug that's fucking him up. Like, really. Him. And I would like that Tommy Shelby kind of took 
uh, some blame here. And it was like, uh, you said, no, you did not want to do this. And you probably saw yourself getting into this position. Mm -hmm. But I like that he kind of took a little bit of the responsibility for what's happening to Arthur right now because Arthur did say no. So So are we supposed to assume that for the past four years, he's just been effed up because of Linda? Yeah. 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 Seems like it, yeah. I That's mean, a long road. I mean, Tommy Tommy and Polly, him, right? and like, Polly. I think it's the combination of both. Just yeah, happening yeah. at the same time, pretty much. Tommy says to him, "Dude, you're just like skin and bones, bro." Like, I feel like it's just been. He looked so skinny. I was like, "There's no way he was always like this." No, yeah. I mean, he's definitely been skinny. Like mm-hmm. uh, they've shown him when he does the boxing, or he's in the the tank top and he stuff. Has a more and... definition to the muscles, you know. But... Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's always been skinny, but. They're purposely making him skinnier this season. Mm-hmm. But I was dying when he's telling Johnny Dawes he looks like a waiter. <laughs> <laughs> so funny, dude. And then and then Johnny has to put on the black shirt and he's like, Tom, I'm wondering, what if they get a picture of me? <laughs> he's yeah. like so pissed that they might get a picture of him in the Nazi attire. That's my goat right there. Yeah, they, right. They take a picture of him. That that camera's getting the heel to it. That's what he yeah, said, right? <laughs> and then fucking Arthur just Tommy just winds him up with this Linda shit and then just sends him in the hallway and Arthur just starts kicking people's ass. <laughs> yeah. That's the Arthur that I love. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. the Arthur that I feel. He's like, in you love stay with. right there, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tommy still comes in. Tommy gets in too. I started yeah. cracking up when Tommy starts clubbing people. Yeah. Uh, one thing I that caught my ear that I was really surprised about is Arthur's been hanging out with Mosley. Yeah. Yes. True. yeah that's, that true. was actually a good point to bring up. That was that's. Yeah, I think that's mostly just like worming his way into any leverage just fucking with Tommy. Yeah, I'm surprised Tommy allows it just because, you know, that Arthur could get effed up and say anything. There's when he's in. There's a whole plan against against Mm Mosley to kill him. Yeah, I mean, he literally just walks out and starts fighting Nazis. He calls them Nazi bastards. So I don't know how that wouldn't come out in like an opium induced stupor. Just like fucking around with Mosley. When that got mentioned, was it Tommy? telling arthur like i know you're hanging around mosley is that kind of how he was delivering it because i maybe i'm Arthur starts just, listing parties and places they've been to so i yeah, just I mean, wasn't sure if it was like also tommy maybe putting him up to being like okay try and get an in with mosley no nah, i don't think arthur has trust right yeah, now yeah yeah nah. i'm just trying to devil's advocate for my boy um old boy anything else before the conversation <laughs> with mosley and and diana nope no nah, i think i'm good yeah, this is this was interesting. I, I I really liked Lizzie in this scene. That was yeah. fucking yeah. awesome when she does the mic drop after Diana's just trying to big dog her. And she's she's okay at doing it from an acting point of view. I just don't yeah. know how I feel coming up five episodes left in the game. Um, I don't know if I'll have enough time to get attached to her. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. What is your guys' initial impression of Diana? I really like her as a not even a sidekick. I mean, mostly if it says that she's the engine of the enterprise, I believe is the phrase that he uses. So I like her in that way, but I obviously hate her because of that. You know, it's that classic, like she's a necessary, she seems like a necessary character, but I obviously just don't like her. Um, it, it definitely she's boosts- like obsessed with the Nazism. She's really into this shit. I feel like almost she was like more connected than Mosley. Yeah, I think this was huge for Mosley. Like she may be like a nobody prior to meeting him but i think he found the right person to like plot out all of his uh actions and all that stuff like this is the girl that this is just the female version of him to me yeah and it's just 
it just brings more power to both of them. And they're, they're definitely dangerous. If anything, we saw that, like she knows she's very capable herself. Mosley obviously has a wide influence. And I just think together, they're going to be a huge problem for Tommy. I she thought even references Hitler. She says our friend in Berlin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They talk about Berlin. I thought there was a chance that Tommy was going to fuck her because that we yeah. had seen <laughs> when they, yeah, well, she's yeah. walking down the steps yeah. and they like, they like, Mm-hmm. put the lights on both chance, of them dude. there There's is but chance. i think lizzie stopped that chance because tommy's too team lizzie to do that now he already did i don't it. know man really didn't he cheat on her well yeah but i'm saying Tommy lizzie constantly has a cheats on lizzie vendetta. he was banging the chicken in uh, episode one what you were i'm saying like lizzie has a clearly hates diana with all of her if he did that i i just think that's against what tommy yeah. would do that's yeah. past the line that's yeah you're saying. yeah yeah i would agree all right. Uh, yeah, that's that's fine with me. I just think that I, I mean, ever since season four or no, was it season five? I I don't ever like I understand that Tommy like I love the scene at the end of season G's three, maybe when he says to Lizzie when he's when he's about to get everyone busted. Is that the end of two or three when he when it's three? Yeah. Three. And he says, like, here's the money to Lizzie. She's the only person that kept my heart from breaking. You know, when, you know, every night or whatever, like that's such a good line. And then he comes in hot in season four and says T- they're straight married with a kid. And he's like, yeah. well, in my head, I'm still paying for it. And I thought that was like the lowest of lows you could say to someone. And that's like right before she finally goes, all right, I get it. I know who I am. I know what this is. And then she's, you know, I was going to divorce you, but now I'm staying with you because I know what this is. Mm-hmm. So, I mean. I don't know. I feel like Tommy goes back and forth. She's all in now, but that conversation doesn't happen until the end of season five, though. And then since then, I see no reason why we shouldn't believe she's just full all in, you know, as long as Tommy doesn't do something against her wishes, which is banging someone in their marital bed. I think that's right, right, right. Really wants him out of the game because I feel like she does genuinely care for him. She wants like a peaceful life. Oh, well, she definitely cares for him. I mean, she says it a million times. She yeah. loves him and it sucks yeah. that she loves him. All right, let's do this. Let's get introduced to our potential co-big bad and Jack Nelson in this next scene. This is just floodgates open. This is a really good conversation. Anytime a villain is meeting Tommy for the first time, it's always epic and it's always impactful. So what do you think of this motherfucker with the Boston accent? To be honest genuinely a bit underwhelmed okay i would say i think he met my expectations um i just thought the way he carried himself presented himself and still kind of dominated the conversation between the two of them i feel pretty it wasn't obviously a lucas and greta introduction but like that was (laughs) like the the peak yeah that was like that's what i'm saying character introductions you know so i was expecting fully like if you want to give it to us in episode two the reveal or the introduction to jack that's fine but i wasn't expecting him to just be standing by himself in the church and and him to be walked up to by tommy i thought it was going to be almost like the michael scene where it's like there he is like guitar yeah, yeah, and then yeah. He, and then, <laughs> and, then and then like the guy turns around the chair, the spinny chair turns around, and there's Jack, you know, Jack Nelson. Like I'm thinking yeah. it's gonna be like this huge like introduction, but he's just standing there, and they kind of meet and have a normal conversation. Which, you know, you can go either way. Like it is interesting that a guy this big does meet Tommy one on one in a church, 
and has a normal conversation and feels comfortable enough. He's just like, yeah, I'll talk to you. Mm-hmm. I just to me, that seemed like very Tommy esque. And so the way he presented himself felt like how Tommy would present himself to other people. And we all we already got those parallels in episode one, how they were like, you know, he's he's similar. Like when he was talking about uh, Uncle Jack, he's like, you know, we're we're kind of the same person a little bit. And like he was talking about the like the Christian beliefs and uh, both of them having, you know, connections with war and things like that. So I just thought it was a good parallel to both of them because Tommy doesn't strike me as someone, you know, that would do that either. So it's just, I, I thought it was just a, a very Tommy esque introduction and it plays on what they were saying earlier about how they're kind of that he was saying that they were similar, you know, Gina was playing it off. Like when they met, this guy was going to act like he is so above Tommy. And honestly, I think that in that conversation, there's definitely a mutual respect there. And it was not what I was expecting from Uncle Jackie when they were going to meet. Like I was expecting like major arrogance, major like I'm the man. You're just freaking someone that's under my foot like a cockroach. You're nothing to me. That's exactly what Gina was saying. Even Michael was saying, like, you have no limitations. You or no, you you have no limit to your ambitions and all this stuff. You're, You're way in over your head. But really, they just had a conversation that seemed like it was mutual respect between the two of them. And one thing I will say is that I am confused at how. Like why Uncle Jack rejected the offer initially, because nothing really changed from when. Well, now episode one, right? Like what really changed? Well, now Tommy's saying that I'll hook you up with the IRA and I'll spy on Churchill for you. Tommy's just straight up like telling everybody giving yeah. just favors left and right and he's just <laughs> he's just sandbagging everybody stabbing everybody in the back mm-hmm. churchill's he, churchill thinks he's going against fascism and then now uncle jackie thinks he's going against churchill it's just tommy's definitely in over his head with all the promises he's making i just like that he knows exactly the right buttons to push he literally tells him that you know oh a study from the vatican says that opium is the choice of like protestants and atheists and mm-hmm. Uncle Jack's talking about how he's a nice little Catholic boy and how you know the persecution of Catholics in America is what made him the man he is today. And that's like the absolute perfect angle for him to thwart or I guess like skirt the idea of like opium's gonna be killing a bunch of people in Boston. He's like, ah, yeah. I mean, it's gonna be Protestants and atheists. So why do you give a fuck? Yeah. Like I the really only negative. That. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a good part. Um yeah, and then guy. the yeah. only thing that gets Uncle Jack, I I wouldn't even say riled up, but like the only thing that gets a reaction out of him is finally him laying down the ultimatum about what he talked about the Jews again, like with right, Alfie, right? right. Mm-hmm. And that was, but wasn't that part of the plan? That's the yeah. part that's confusing me because that ultimatum seems like it's carrying the most weight. I guess the Churchill thing could be new, and then the president's letter could be new information for him that that makes Uncle Jack have to recognize Tommy more, and that's probably why it's less of a cockroach feel and more of just I'm kind of questionable about you so i mean the takeaway from this scene is he said he's going to think about the deal and get back to him and let him know so i I guess that's a that's a total win in tommy's book i just keep coming back to the idea that i don't want tommy to fuck over alfie and that's (laughs) i mean it's where it's going i I honestly feel that way i i think that plan a is jack yeah sad that's how it feels to me as well and i i do i do think that the churchill thing is what made jack think on it and really the jewish thing like you said is just to rile him up and tell him that there's another option 
knowing that they're like letting him know that there's consequences to saying no to him. And, you know, he said, like, you're a brave man. I mean, Gina acted like it was the end of the world when Tommy brought up the Jewish people in Boston. So, you know, you're pushing buttons on on him when you say that. Well, she doesn't know what she's talking about. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The last thing I will say, I'm sorry, but it's just that uh, Jack brings up the the concept of suicide to Tommy. Pretty much says the same exact thing that Lizzie says to him earlier about how. I mean, Jack says that all the war heroes he know are just trying to elaborately commit suicide, essentially, if they don't do it outright. And Lizzie is also telling him, like, it feels like you're just creating this huge list to create the craziest way to just kill yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was obviously a huge theme of season five of Tommy was on the edge of suicide. It runs in his family with his mom and everything. So I'm interested. Obviously, it's a tough theme to talk about, but I'm just interested to see the different ways that they weave that in throughout the series. Yeah, we obviously know Arthur tried a few times, too. As well, yeah, true, true, true. So let's take this opportunity before we get to the last parallel scene and put a couple things on the board because I'm curious about, now that we're two episodes in, this should be enough for us to make final guesses. Um, Two questions here. I want everybody's guess on will Uncle Jack live this season, basically meaning is he going to be in the movie? Mm -hmm. And then the second one is will Tommy fully betray Alfie? And what I mean by that is that it's not going to look like he betrayed him in episode five, but in the end of episode six, it was, he was actually working with him the whole time. I'm saying at the end of episode six, will Tommy have betrayed Alfie to the full extent? And when you mean betray, you mean go with the deal with Jack. Yeah. that Not like give Alfie up to Jack to die or anything. It's just the deal was Jack and Tommy and Tommy and and Alfie, and he's going to choose Tommy and and Tommy and Jack. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Like that's the betrayal. The questions are, I think, are slightly interrelated. I feel like I don't know the exact term they use in surveys, but it's like weeding people out that are just taking them willy nilly. Like one answer kind of begets the next answer. So I feel like Jack's going to die because Tommy is actually working with Alfie and won't fully betray Alfie. So that's mm-hmm. your prediction? That would, that would be yeah. mine as well. That's what I was going to say too, is that, yeah, I think Alfie... Tom, Jack just is not a movie villain. He's not a movie villain. Okay. Okay. Mosley is Anya Taylor-Joy? Mosley to me seems like <laughs> a movie villain. I think Mosley and like the whole idea, and I guess Jack's involved with fascism, but I feel like it's... Mosley feels more like that guy. And All right, I guess I piggybacked off of Luke's questions. Like, do we think the IRA is going to last until the movie? Well, hold on. Let's yeah. get this down, Jim. What do you think? <laughs> I think that Tommy and Alfie are homies. I do think that. But my opinion is that he fully is expecting to have plan A to be to work with Jack. Okay. And plan B with Alfie is to rile up Jack to get plan A. But I do feel like in the end, he's going to work with Alfie. You know okay, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's a betrayal that becomes like Tommy always does this. He always turns things into like, you know, the grass is greener. He figure out, figures out a way to make it work for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I really think that, I mean, to Tommy, I don't think it matters who is selling the opium. In right, Boston. right, right. If it's going to be the East Side Jews or the South Side Irishmen, it doesn't really matter to him. I feel like his focus on Jack is a lot to do with the political side of it. Yeah. Now, you know, and if Jack dies, then that's kind of political goal is achieved, and then he can still work with Alfie to get the the monetary business side achieved. Okay, so that was my question. So, if he works with Jack, is he just straight up selling the opium for five million and getting out, or is he giving it to Jack distribute 
and then he gets money from it because the Alfie side of things is you get the opium for your warehouses, which is obviously not an end game plan for Tommy when he knows his end game needs to be. Give me that five mil and I'm out with Lizzie and the kids. Is that um, I'm, I, I, no, I, don't, I mean, I would say it's a, like a distribution kind of thing. Yeah, because Tommy has his warehouses in Liverpool. They, they have to store it in Mikola Island or whatever mm-hmm. because it's outside of Canadian and American jurisdiction. I feel like it's kind of a hole, but they, he needs someone in Boston to actually sell the shit. Right, right. Okay. And it needs someone that's not going to like, he, if he went to someone else besides Jack, like maybe even besides Alfie, like that would just be a bet. Like Jack would just have to come in and clean clear house of the, the, the I could, I could literally see in my head right now, like a scene between Tommy and Alfie where at the end they ended up being together and like they shake hands and Alfie's like, I wasn't your plan a like, and they're laughing like, cause he knows that like, you tried to screw me over, but we've done it to each yeah. other for freaking six seasons and we have the mutual respect and, and, and Alfie knows the game and how it's played. So I'll piggyback off that and put my guests on the board. I also think Jack's dying, but I think Tommy is going to fully betray Alfie and I don't think that Alfie's going to make it out of this season. I think season six is going to be finally the one that gets him. I just have a mm. feeling that Alfie's not going to be in the movie and that the movie is going to be completely about Michael versus Tommy. That's like so as that's, I'm solidifying that opinion from what I kind of thought last episode, but now it seems like it could be gearing more and more up to that. And that also kind of plays into the idea that maybe Uncle Jack does die, and I'm thinking Gina could step up. But I also, in the same vein, don't think Gina's betraying Michael. I think they're still just weird together. So that's two separate questions, though, because Tommy screwing over Alfie doesn't equal Alfie dying. Definitely. Like, I, I agree that Alfie probably will die, but I still think that he won't screw him over. You know what I mean? Like, he could still okay. die. Sure. Um, And Jack. Like his actor, I don't know if he's a movie star, kind of like what you said, like, can he hold up as a villain of a movie? But do you think Michael can? Yes. Yeah, okay. I think in terms of the context of the show, most definitely. Like, it's if you if you're going the with the context and, of the show, marketing of Tommy versus Michael, yeah, build up to like this is the movie blow up finale. I agree, so, I agree. But epic. if it's but if it's not Michael, yeah. then I feel like it has to be like Hitler and fascism, and uh, yeah, or yeah, Mosley, Mosley Hitler is the standard yeah. for Hitler for sure. Yeah, or yeah. I mean, how do you know we're not going to meet Hitler? That I mean, obviously, crazy. yeah, that would be wild. That would be a great twist. I would love that. Oh, I mean, it could be an inglorious bastard situation and they could change history. Yeah. And yeah, have Tommy Shelby literally know. take his machine gun out and just light up Hitler. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if they would actually like make him be a character. I feel like he's always going to be like our friend in Berlin. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so, fun yeah. to think about, though. That is totally yeah. fun to think about. I could see this season finale being Hitler shows up from behind the curtains and some shit. And the swivel desk. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was my swivel desk for Jack. I mean, might as well give it to Hitler now, but yeah, <laughs> quite the step up for that. Yeah. Jesus but, Christ. But Jack though, seriously, if you think about it, like you were saying, uh, it was you Kyle that was saying in episode one, that it's a parallel to Kennedy's dad. Right. Or that who said Luke. that? That was me. Oh, yeah, Luke said yeah. That. yeah. So he is powerful enough to hold a movie. I just don't know if marketing Tommy versus Jack is good enough. You know what I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he's definitely strong enough. Yeah. We'd have to yeah, see the next four episodes. Like, you're going to do a lot of heavy lifting for it to be like, uh, a, for the you to really, really feel the weight of Jack versus Tommy for a movie finale of this show. 
Mm-hmm. I would have felt more comfortable if they planted more seeds in season five, like at yeah. Anya's initial um, yeah. intro. But who knows? So on the board, do we want to do it? Michael alive or dead? Or do you want to wait a little bit? He's Let's wait alive. a little bit. I mean, okay. I, I, mean, I can wait on it, but I'm going to my answer probably won't change. And what is it? <laughs> he's going to be alive. Yeah, he's oh, you, OK. You season. think it's the I movie? Huh? I think Alfie lives too. That's I'll put that on the board right now. I've man. All right. All right. I don't know. We probably should have saved that. Com- that was the good yeah. fucking conclusion stuff. Yeah. We just, well, we can we kind to, of flip we it. just quickly wrap it up and that yeah. Ruby's sick again. She's acting whack. She's hearing voices in the chimney. It's the gray man. The doc doesn't know what's going on. Tommy has another seizure. He runs home. Who does he call? Esme. Beautiful. That was a beautiful Esme. summary. Yeah. John yeah. Boy's old wife. So she might I can't believe back. we didn't bring that up. Because that was totally, I thought it in my head when we said Esmeralda last episode when. Wait, yeah. that's that's Esme? Yeah. Esmeralda. So Esme's well, married says, to Johnny Dogs now? No, I think he says, he says Johnny's wife Esmeralda. And this time he says Esme. Yeah, so Shelby they're not Lee. the same person. Shelby Lee, yeah. Okay. I mean, unless my boy Johnny Dogs slid in there to comfort I mean, her in her time of uh, grief. <laughs> She went out. I mean, for all we know, those kids with Ada and Lizzie could have been some of John's. You know, John had yeah. like 10 kids. <laughs> he had so many. <laughs> so, yeah, potentially. potentially. Uh, one thing I want to bring up, though, is are they going to uh, talking back about our conversation in the beginning of this podcast about the whole gypsy idea? And like, is the gypsy magic real? Blah, blah, blah. I'm starting to think that maybe Tommy's going to potentially look at Ruby and see all this this gibberish um, not gibberish the romani language that she's talking and these visions that she's having is she the reincarnation of polly's gift of seeing and Mm. that would be fun because then he's gonna like treat it like he might build plans around what she says if she says (laughs) don't don't give me brita and her daughter kind of stuff dude that's what i'm thinking yeah i was so into it until you fucking made that analogy (laughs) and now i hate it (laughs) i literally just took the win out of the whole podcast yeah, right here. fuck that shit because tommy dropped everything he was doing and the business he was conducting in america or you know the northern the north yeah, he, was america america. Continent. he was in america yeah he was in boston just because of random ass gibberish that she was saying so oh no i mean he they say the green eyes and black horse he said don't let her near boats mm-hmm. don't let her near the water don't let her near a horse like he's thinking she's seeing things like like oh, yeah seeing into the future her death and that's why he's basically he's like lock her in a room. Don't let her die. I think she's definitely dead. I think yeah. like this is from the sickness, though, right? Yeah, whatever this. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. like this. Like someone's not going to take her out. I just think the so, sickness is going to overcome. Her. <laughs> someone's <laughs> someone's going to take her ass out. Ruby. <laughs> so let me ask you guys this question. So he takes he goes, you know, she's fine. He walks in. This is earlier in the episode. Comes up, drives up. She's fine running up to his arms, daddy, you know, he's hugging her. Uh, Lizzie says she's good to go. You shouldn't have come home, but he says, get in the car. We're going to the doctor. Now that's obviously because of what she was saying and him, like you said, Luke, having that, you know, whatever she said in Romney and all the, the, the things he believes it. So he's getting her checked out. So I thought when he came out of the doctor's office and threw up, that meant that they were giving a diagnosis that she was sick. But uh, is it just that he was like scared that he had to bring his daughter to the doctor or something? Or I think it's or is that he all the is, shit he's been dealing with or he is physically ill. Yeah. I think it's he that doesn't too. sleep. Yeah, he doesn't yeah. sleep. Okay. He's stressed all the time. I think he's just physically ill. Yeah. yeah. Um, Esme and Esmeralda are the same person, by the way. 
They are. Okay, yeah. wow. Did you look yeah. it up? I looked it up. They're the same person. You little bastard. So well, this not, is going to be like it's a reveal anymore. Yeah, but I well, mean, we, 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 have the IMDb. we have, yeah, we have a podcast. We should have known this, but I'm no, seeing, no, I don't know. But like be, that would no. that would be a reveal that her yeah. and Johnny dogs are married. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I don't, I'm not saying you spoiled anything. Yeah, I'm not saying it that I was giving you shit just because we know IMDb could sandbag us sometimes like Kathleen and, and Bly Manor and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I didn't mean it like you're you're giving us a bad reveal or anything, but um. We're I mean, find it, out next episode. Yeah, sure. we'll yeah. find out in we'll probably in 20 minutes when we watch the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Fair but enough. yeah, um, that was a quick one because I mean, yeah. you know, the whole beginning, it kind of rushes through that the politics and we spent some good time yeah. on there. But, you know, Alfie scene was pretty quick. I, I think we handled it all pretty well. Nelson scene introduction was very important. And then Gina and Michael kind of got sidelined for this episode. But I'm sure that Gina is going to arrive in in, in um, where does she is she going to London? They're all going to London. Yeah, they're all going to London. So I think that's you know going to happen next. Are we going to meet Roosevelt's son like as a character? It's on yeah. the table. I'm going to say yes. Let me I'm, just. I I, I want to know. Scenes. Do you guys have any care or thoughts about this Finn thing? Like we saw Isaiah, we saw almost everybody so far. I mean, if you see Isaiah but you don't see Finn, like I don't understand. And I'm not saying like it needs to be some big reveal that Finn's this or Finn's that, but I'm just saying like, what is the reason? I, I don't well, Finn really get was it. in the, the funeral scene. Yeah, but that's four years ago. I'm saying since the four oh. year jump, we haven't seen Finn, but we saw Isaiah since the do four year s- jump. Do they even say his name? Have they even said? No, Finn's they haven't name? said anything about Finn or I really don't care. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it has to be some big reveal that there's a reason why he's missing, but I'm just wondering why he wouldn't get brought up. It is it'll interesting. Just, it'll come up and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I yeah. think so, okay. too. But it is interesting because of the quick rise to power we've seen him in, like come to in the past two seasons. It would just it is very interesting that they would choose not to show him and how he's grown in the past four years. He could yeah. be totally yeah. out of the game. Trying yeah, I mean, to like if he's life. a POS, have him snorting coke with the football guy a quick scene or if he's out of the game i guess that could be a reveal or something but i yeah. just i'm just surprised that we haven't even heard a word ada says like my one brother's talking about fascism and presidents and my other brother's a pos in the streets all junked up she didn't say anything about finn like you know it's just maybe i don't know it's just weird maybe to me. finn's the one that's giving Tommy, like all this information, like he's the one intercepting the letters. Like it's possible. Like so, you think Finn's in the U.S.? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm guessing that. (laughs) I will will get a tattoo of your face on my ass. Another thing, (laughs) Finn getting the letters from FDR. What if he's he's, uh, Maria and written in red? You know all that's like. What if he's Esmeralda? What if Finn is Esmeralda? (laughs) Then I'm getting a tattoo on my ass. That's the. I mean, that's the answer. No, I think Finn is gonna pull a, a. uh, Boo Saga Gohan, where he just taps out, had the potential, and that's gone. Mm. And now he's just going to be a jag that's <laughs> studying at university. Okay, you know? that's a good. And then, that's like a when good they analogy, make like man, that they still make hurts my heart. Four Peaky Blinder movies down the way, then he'll finally maybe get a chance to shine because apparently <laughs> yeah. the Dragon Ball Z movie is all about Gohan. All about Gohan. Yeah, I'm not yeah. here for it. The, the great Peaky Man, the great Saiyan Man for. Oh my <laughs> But I think I'm ready to get out of here. I think we're ready to get out of here. All right, guys. Episode two is done. We're dropping these back to back to back as quick as we can with these screeners. We want to get these out. We know you guys are binging. So episode three will be coming soon. So subscribe 
uh, on YouTube. Subscribe to any of your favorite podcast apps. Check us out on BingetownTV.com. You can find us on all the podcast apps, YouTube and Bingetown TV. If you want to support the pod, hit us up on Patreon.com slash TV. $5 a month, all the exclusive content, guys. We have such a great time going through just bullshitting together, talking TV, talking movies, talking anything. I mean, we've had some ridiculous conversations. Um, Patreon.com slash TV. Yeah. Once presence. again, we are Bingetown TV. And thank you so much for listening. Bingetown has no limitations. <laughs> so true, dude. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.